0: And gentlemen, welcome to the Untapped Podcast. My name
1: is Jacob Gable, and my name is Jacob Woods. Guys, welcome to episode 108. If this is your first time joining us for the Untapped Podcast, first of all, thank you. We are thrilled to have you here with us. We've actually got five main formats of our show. So first, we have Forging Fortitude episodes. Now, in these episodes, we cover the mental side of our brand. So we go over our anecdotal experience with things like mindset and mentality, and then we pass on tips and advice to you guys to then apply to your own lives. Next, we have physical vitality episodes. Now, in these episodes, we really get to showcase our expertise because you have two certified personal trainers here. So in these episodes, we cover the physical side of the brand. We go, everything to, go over everything to do with the gym, nutrition, diet, fitness, fitness programs like 75 Hard. There's a couple guys in the room that are on it. Sometimes we <laughs> even take trending topics within the fitness industry, articles, topics, things like that, and we will go over them, give our thoughts and opinions on them.
0: As usual, great start, dude, for those first two. Third format, guys, is our breaking news format. The breaking news format is a current event-based format. It is when we break down current events and articles going on in the world. You know, something like the Israel-Hamas situation was a good example of something we could have talked about, you know, might have talked about that type of thing. We go over those, give our opinions on the situations and what we think. The BS, break it down for you guys. And then our fourth format is our night's table format. The night's table format is what we had for you last week. That is a masculinity-based format. It's when we talk to young men, men of any age. But keep in mind, I'm 25. Hortz is 25. Our producer, Mitch, is 23. We're not coming to you as some perfect men on some kind of high horse or anything like that. The only perfect man to ever exist was Jesus Christ. Now, because of that, we are talking about how masculinity is paramount in our current world and why we think it can really turn the tide in a good way. Fifth format is our guest format. That is what we have for you today. Very excited for this one. Now, that is when we sit down with an entrepreneur, fitness professional, athlete, doctors, What you name it. Anybody who has a good story, you're going to learn a lot from these. We're going to learn a lot from them as well. So we're joining you in that journey as well. That's really fun. Our last thing, actually second to last thing I should say to introduce is our producer and my brother
1: Mitchell Gable. Once again, I've been demoted to a uh, second most handsome guy <laughs> in the room. We I don't know where you guys are finding these guests. It's really unfortunate. But. I think uh, attractive people attract attract attractive people. Huh. That sentence makes a lot of sense. Right? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Words getting deep over here. That's yeah, you know, it's I don't what know. I it's what I do. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a stoic thinker. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> well, as Gable just mentioned, guys. For our one hundred and eighth episode of the Untapped Podcast, we have another guest for you, Mr. Dr. Wyatt Mormon. How's it going, man?
2: Good guys. Yeah. Thanks so, for having me on. Sounds pretty with the with the doctor in front <laughs> of it. doesn't have an intro. <laughs> <laughs> still, sometimes I'm still getting used to the doctor in front of the name. Yeah, feels, I believe it. Still feels a
1: little weird, but I, bet. I like it. How how many years have you had that in front of your name?
2: Oh, I graduated in December of twenty one. So okay. going on to my third year. Yeah.
1: Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Well, to uh, to kind of start off the episode just Tell the audience a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from, any sports you played, and what you're doing now.
2: Yeah, for sure. So uh, I grew up in a small town west from here. It's Wright City, Missouri, just past Wentzville, mm-hmm. if you guys know where that is. yeah. Um, not much there. Very small town, small <laughs> high school. <laughs> I got into sports in eighth grade. I started playing football because I was a lot bigger than everybody else. So my <laughs> best Sounds friend are right. like... Still are. <laughs> yeah. Still are. yeah <laughs> My best friend was like, you need to play some sports. Before that, I was actually kind of a nerd. I just liked reading books and playing video games and stuff like that, so a lot of people don't realize that. I actually still am kind of a nerd. I enjoy reading video games every now and again. Not so much time for that anymore, but um, once I made it through eighth grade, I got into high school still playing football. I started track my junior year. I actually wound up going to play both of those in college at Lindenwood, Mm -hmm. which was awesome. Um, That was a good time. I got an exercise science degree when I was at Lindenwood, with a background in nutrition, strength conditioning. I was a strength conditioning intern while I was there, so I got to work with a Sweet. lot of the teams. Worked yeah. with football, cross country, track, swimming, field hockey. It was <laughs> it was a great time. It was awesome. Um, after that, once I graduated, I was really burnt out on athletics. Actually, <laughs> for my my years of putting in the time, so. I didn't want to do strength conditioning anymore because I didn't really want to work with athletes anymore. I Mm -hmm. wanted to take a little break. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So I moved out to Columbia. The girl that I was with at the time was out there finishing up grad school at Mizzou. So I moved out there. I just got a job managing a kickboxing gym. Did that for a few years. In that time, I found that I wanted to do chiropractic. It's a pretty crazy backstory of how I got there, but I have to save that for a an episode next weekend um that'll be that'll be the whole in-depth story but yeah um then I moved back here started at Logan after a two-year break of no school was hard because if you've heard anything about Logan that first year will smack you in the face yeah I mean you're in like 36 credit hours I think at one point I was taking 19 classes not credits classes in at a one time semester? Yeah. They're trimesters, so they're 15 weeks. Oh, I see. I had picked up a couple of electives not thinking the term was going to be that bad, and it was, it was terrible. <laughs> yeah, it was, that was a mistake. I, you, you thought wrong, essentially. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it, was a, it was a mistake. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed my time there and obviously learned a lot. And then once I graduated – well, before I graduated, I did my internship at HealthSource, which is where I'm at now, mm. and just kind of rolled into working there as soon as I graduated.
1: Hell yeah, dude. So six years total in school then?
2: Uh. Like seven and some change. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah. Logan's three point three years. Gotcha. So you do ten terms. They're fifteen weeks each. So you do fifteen weeks. You get a two week break, and then you start the next one. You just go year round, basically. Wow,
1: wow, that's uh, that's way different than anything traditional. Yeah. You know, I've heard uh, mm. I want to say like BYU might do um, might do trimesters as well. But outside of that, like I had never heard of, especially only a two week break yeah. in between nineteen classes. I, mean, that, I, I think it's insane. only
0: what PT school in Cairo that mostly do trimesters, or is it other med schools as well? That uh, do it.
2: Some schools do stuff similar. Like my wife's in anesthesia school, and they do Not nine jump. nine week blocks. Yep. And then yeah. they get a, a week or two break, and then
1: right back into it. So, are there any benefits to that? I mean, you probably get done a little quicker. Yeah. As a so whole.
2: they're basically condensing like a five year program down into three instead of stretching it out and mm-hmm. getting those winter and summer breaks. I yeah. actually preferred it that way because really? I felt True. like. Throughout undergrad I would, you know, be with football and working over the mm-hmm. summer. I wouldn't it's not like I'm studying. Sure. So sure. I feel like I would lose some of the knowledge that I gained throughout the semester. Mm-hmm. Whereas at Logan with that two week break, it's just kind of like a nice mental reset and then you're just right back into yeah, it. Yeah, there's back no there's it. no way you lose it at yeah. that point in time. Yeah, hundred percent. That's
1: a good point, actually. Yeah. Cause then you you never lose the the school mode, essentially, yeah. which is what you're saying, you know, kids nowadays. My sister's down at Mo State, she had a month off. For Christmas, you know, yeah. she goes back tomorrow and it's just like she's kind of worried about getting back into that flow of things, you know. Yeah, and you get the anxiety because you exactly. haven't been there in a while. Right, I right. Mean, you're stuck with the same class all the way through
2: um, at Logan. So the same people that you start with, which is nice because you don't have to worry about like making new friends and sure. new classes because you're just all in it together right. for three years. So, Right.
1: How many people were in your class there?
2: Uh, we started out a little over 160. So yeah. we were a really big class. Um, I think we ended up finishing with about 120.
0: Wow. That seems like a lot to me. It does, yeah. yeah. Especially for a Cairo school, it seems like a lot cuz like you said it's a very intense program. So, interesting. And you probably are still close to every one of them, I bet too. Yeah, I still yeah. talk to a good handful of them.
2: Yeah. Yeah, there's still there's some that practice around the area that, you know, we bounce ideas and sure. stuff off each other. We'll sure. meet up and hang out. I just went to one of my buddy's weddings a couple months ago and met up with a bunch of people from my class that had moved out of town that I hadn't seen in a
1: while, so that was a blast to catch up with them. Yeah. 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 Awesome. I bet. I bet. So kind of the first question, you actually kind of answered part of it here. Um, so other than playing sports and being in the, being a um, strength and conditioning, you know, GA and things like that at Lindenwood, what kind of led you to finding that love of exercise? Then really specifically, what led you to Cairo school? And then what differences would you say in the methods from what you learned in school? how you kind of continue to progress yourself now what kind of methods do you use so um getting into exercise that was just
2: all sports like i said i Mm -hmm. didn't really exercise much i come from like a super poverty family health was not a thing we ate (laughs) comfort food mcdonald's and hang out and watch tv that's that's how i grew up so um My parents are great don't get me wrong they never like pushed me to do sports or anything that was some of my friends that kind of pulled me into that Mm -hmm. and i'm thankful they did sure but throughout that i just found the love of moving my body seeing what the human body is capable of i really liked lifting weights and i was good at it you know obviously you like stuff that you're good at so i mean i think in eighth grade i was already putting up over 225 on bench press so that was nice hell yeah um i came in as a freshman in high school at six one two sixty Wow. So I pretty much went straight to varsity. Unit. And then I finished out my senior year at 6'3", 320. Wow. So wow. Playing what in a, in a 3A school. <laughs> playing offensive line. Oh, uh, so okay. O-line, yeah. yeah just
0: tossing yeah. 180-pound DNs around probably. <laughs> I, I did, I did pretty well.
2: <laughs> I was telling him the other day, our running back, my senior year, had 3,000 yards in nine games. Oh, my God. Yeah. Keep in mind, we basically only ran the ball. We just, like, pounded <laughs> the ball. Oh, my God. But he was, a, he was a stud, too. Where were you on the line? Uh, so I, we played a wing tee, so I was the power tackle. So I okay. switched sides based on what we were running to, yeah. which when our coach had originally developed that, I was like, "Don't aren't they going to know, like, we're <laughs> running this way if I'm over here? And he was like, well, it's your job to make that not matter.
1: I, said, I like oh, that. Oh, man, I, I like that. That's tough. That's yeah. tough. So yeah.
2: <laughs> sometimes I'd be taking on, like, two people sure. knocking one dude down and going up to the second <laughs> level, so <laughs> –
1: just serving yeah. the pancakes
2: up, you It know? was a good time. <laughs> I liked I liked high school football much better than college football. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have the best coaches in college. Mm. Damn, they all got fired after I graduated.
0: Damn. So. Mm. Uh, shout out uh, Linwood. <laughs> the coaches
2: there now are incredible, though. Now they're D1. Yeah, they brought in the new staff, and yeah, those guys are awesome. Yeah, that stadium is cool at Linwood too. Oh, I think it's yeah, I think it's cool. You know, for 100%. a small of a school, they built that like when I first got there. So when I got there, I think it was 2016, spring of 2016 uh we were in like a normal little locker room where you're kind of you got the little metal lockers like a hallway <laughs> and we were stuffed next to the weight room and then they were building the new one cuz when they transitioned to D2 they had to upgrade all the facilities to mm. match that sure so when we first got into that new locker room i mean they had a hot tub cold tub or like big lockers that you see in normal D1 sure. where you can like sit back in there and you have the cubby that was crazy yeah, yeah. i'd never experienced anything like that before so it was yeah pretty awesome
1: no that's cool it's a it's a very nice campus even the baseball facility is oh, yeah. extremely nice extremely yeah, nice notch. yeah yeah
0: so you so you were telling me even the other day too you were you were even training your friends in college yeah. and whatnot too because at the time you were already doing exercise science yeah. and whatnot and then you started managing the kickboxing gym was there like ever a clicking moment where you were like i want to help i want to help people basically get better and back to that normal point yeah so mm-hmm. When I was a freshman at Lindenwood, just taking like a
2: Foundations of Exercise Science class, they had a guy come from Logan to talk to us, um, Dr. Ramirez. And we kind of bonded because he also played offensive line in college. So I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then I went for a project. I went and shadowed at Logan for a day with some people, and we had to write a, a paper on it. So it was always kind of on my back burner. Um, I was like, you know, this is interesting. I don't know too much about it. I'd only ever been adjusted one time. Sure. Which my squat max went up by close to 100 pounds after the adjustment, so that's a crazy story. Whoa. We'll get what? into. It. Yeah. We'll, we'll <laughs> touch on the... that a little bit later. Yeah. <laughs> so um, he came and talked to our class. It was on the back burner. I really liked it. And then fast forward to years later when I'm in Columbia working, I just started kind of running into chiropractors, and I would work at health fair for the gym that I was at, and the table mm-hmm. next to me would be a chiropractor, and we would just chat about you know what it is that they do. Uh, I would go shadow them for a little bit. I wound up shadowing the Mizzou athletics chiropractor, Dr. Brittany Ramirez. She's awesome. So while while I was there, just watching her interact with all the athletes kind of sparked that again for me and helping people stay active because people would literally be limping in the door and then walk out
0: normal, which is super cool to see. Yeah, and you were like, how is that possible, Yeah, Yeah, essentially?
2: And then as a trainer, on the other end, I'm working with people that obviously have different mobility limitations and Mm -hmm. stuff, and we would try to work that stuff out. Mm -hmm. And then as I'm getting into it, I'm finding myself prescribing more like rehabilitative exercises as part of their plan, and I'm like, I don't know if this is really my scope of what I should Mm -hmm. be doing as a trainer. Mm -hmm. So then I started looking into different fields, and chiropractic obviously has a super wide scope, which is a good thing and a bad thing. Sure, Um, Sure. But it allowed me to still basically train people and have so many other tools in my toolbox to get them optimized basically and doing whatever they want to do. That's sick, that's sick. Yeah, so I really liked that. Um, A cool little story is Dr. Brittany, the Mizzou athletics chiropractor that I shadowed, she invited me to a dinner for people that were interested in going to Logan. So I was there kind of hanging out with some of my future classmates and then she was like, oh, this is my husband coming in. You need to meet him. In walks the dude that was in my freshman at year cheer. class. Wow. And I was like, just <laughs> mind blown. It was like a nice little full circle moment. That's yeah. sweet, yeah. dude.
1: So you yeah. were meant to go to Logan. I think so. It was definitely yeah. in the cards, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah.
2: I think I'm definitely fulfilling what my purpose is supposed to be. Yeah, definitely. So, and then fast forward, uh, last year, I gave a lecture at Lynnwood in the same class that he gave a lecture in. Dude. That's cool. That's so really cool, cool It was a cool moment. Yeah. Was that
1: pretty
0: nerve-wracking going back and doing that?
2: Uh, not really, because yeah. the guy that is there now, his name's Mitch, actually, which is awesome. Uh, Mitch <laughs> Schwartzman, he's the name. strength yeah. guy there. Dude's awesome and super smart. He actually reached out to me and invited me back to come talk to his advanced strength training class, because they he yeah, had nice. some people in there that were interested in PT or chiropractic, and to kind of talk about the difference between them, what chiropractic does.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: So, yeah, it was just a cool opportunity to go present some information. Yeah. yeah.
1: Are there people that are both PT and Kairos? like the same uh, person? Yeah,
2: there's a couple people yeah. I think that have gotten there. There's people that are MDs and DCs as well. Really? Or, wow. or athletic trainers and DCs. Sure, yeah. What are some of the differences there? So chiropractic has a much broader scope, like we talked about earlier. So they mm. can do – we don't call it PT. We call it rehabilitative exercises, but, I mean, we'll call it like it is. It's the basically same thing. the same thing. Yeah, so, okay. Uh, PTs are a lot more – managed by insurance i would say like they gotcha. have people referring them for exercises when they go to the doctor and yeah they have a knee surgery then they get referred to a pt to rehab that knee gotcha so now i think something just passed where they don't necessarily have to have a referral to go to a pt which is huge for them and it's awesome yeah uh there's also this big stigma that pts and chiropractors don't get along which <laughs> i don't i mean we basically
0: do the same thing and we're all trying to help people so i don't exactly. understand why we're fighting yeah. I'm I'm sure it's it's some, you know, fringe rumor or something like that that, yeah. you know, with when it was some like probably two PTs
1: that were fighting with two other kairos or something probably. like that that
0: probably caused it or something. Yeah. I mean, all the ones yeah. I've
1: ever met I thought were awesome and we connected. Yeah. So Well and you can learn from each other. I mean, we've talked about this where there's, you know, two two personal trainers or two strength coaches or whatever that mm. bicker back and forth or say their way is better than that guy's yeah. way. And it's like, why don't you try to learn from each other? Dude. And then for your clients, your athletes, your people, whatever. You can bring an even better product to them because you're more knowledgeable. You, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm, I just, I hate, I hate when coaches, trainers, doctors, whatever, fight with each other over things that you could help each other with. Yeah, one quote
2: I heard a long time ago was, "Good coaches steal from other coaches."
1: It's basically all it is, you know. (laughs) Essentially, none of us right now invented fitness. No, we're all just copying (laughs) other people. You know, maybe (laughs) a couple, you know, tweaks here and there. But outside of that, like, we didn't invent any of this. If you
2: think that your way is the way to go and you're not open to learning new stuff, then you're just an asshole. Yeah.
0: I would literally though. Not to mention yeah. you're also going to get worse because of that too. Exactly. Right. Like, and that goes for anything. Oh, hundred percent. <laughs> you're going to miss out on, yeah. All that extra information and whatnot mm-hmm. that comes along with it. Yeah. yeah, dude, I, I am glad you brought that up because that is such a frustrating point that we have to deal with daily of like seeing somebody be like, check out this new exercise or whatever. It's like, I know damn well you didn't invent that exercise. Right. So stop acting like it. And let's, you know, or, or this, this movement's bad. And it's like, okay, what kind of, what kind of image are we giving to clients, patients, etc. when they come in and hear that? And then the problem is, then that scares them off of multiple other movements because, like, well, what if this movement's bad too? Right. And it's a whole circle of just negative shit going back and, and who's forth. To
2: say that any one movement is bad for exactly. anybody because exactly a deadlift could be bad for somebody's back that has multiple injuries, but sure, deadlift can be great for somebody that wants to rehab their back and build strength so that they mm. don't have injuries down the line. So, I mean, it's it's such a person-by-person person basis, Absolutely. which is what makes our careers so exciting. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Love Each person's is. different yeah. there. Yeah. It's and not just it's the same dream. thing every day. Right. It's
0: different, which right. is really hard to burn out on. Exactly. Extremely 100%. different. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's 100%. why I keep coming back to it. Yeah. yeah. it's so much fun. Um, this next question, by the way, I'm really excited about. You and I kind of talked about this a little bit in the office as well, but... So, I want to go over what versus why diagnosis, stability versus mobility, yeah. and then biggest benefits of chiropractic care that you provide. And we can dive down a whole rabbit hole with that yeah, if you'd like sure. to. So,
2: a lot of times when you go somewhere historically, like say you hurt your back and you go to urgent care because you have back pain, they're going to give you like a what diagnosis. Mm-hmm. They're more than likely going to diagnose you with non-specific low back pain. <laughs> and that's that's your thing or if you have if you have pain like in your arm you get the diagnosis myalgia it just means muscle pain (laughs) so that's like your what diagnosis so when people come into the office we obviously have their what diagnosis but we really try to get to their second one their why diagnosis Mm -hmm. because pain is just a check engine light of something that's going on so we want to figure out why that's happening what's going on in the body that's leading to this. So that way, instead of just slapping a band aid on low back pain and treating their low back, we figure out it's coming from their ankle. And if we never treat their ankle, then their low back's never going to get better. So yeah. we can toss all the stuff we want to at their low back, but until
1: we address the root cause of the issue, it's never going to get better. Love that. Yeah. Love that. And I mean, I think we've We're all good. experienced that, yeah. you know, I've, I've got still have a bump on my elbow here. We thought he was going to be headed down the Tommy John route and it being the problem was in my shoulder. I couldn't move my shoulder. You yeah. know, I literally couldn't put it straight over my head. So it's the exact same thing. The the what was here that it hurt here, you know, but the why was up there. Like that exactly. makes makes perfect sense. I had never heard that before. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, yeah. and that
2: kind of touches on the next subject is mobility versus stability. So the way that I kind of practice is with regional interdependence. So if you haven't heard that term before, it means that different joints of your body either require more stability or more mobility. Mm-hmm. So it starts down at your feet. You want the arches of your feet to be nice and stable because they're the foundation mm-hmm. of everything up. Then you want your ankles to be nice and mobile. Obviously we know ankle mobility is important for sure. stuff like squats, getting those knees over your toes. Next we have your knee, should be nice and stable. So if you're doing a lot of lateral movements, you don't want a gummy knee or you're gonna blow that thing out. Yeah. Uh, then we come up to your hips. Everybody talks about hip mobility. Every Instagram reel really you scroll down is talking <laughs> about hip mobility. Yeah, so yeah, Obviously we know that's important. Yeah. And then we have your low back, should be nice and stable. Then we have your mid-back, should be mobile. Your shoulder blade should be stable. Actual shoulder glenohumeral joint should be nice and mobile. And then neck mobile. So it just alternates in that system up your body and then elbow and wrist too. But uh, when you start to lose one of those things, your body's good at compensating, so it's gonna steal it from different areas. And I tell all my patients this when we go over their stuff, we talk about this exact same thing, I'm like, look, I know that your pain is in your low back, but we checked your hip rotation is almost non-existent. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna treat your low back and get it feeling good. But if we don't also address this hip mobility with some exercises and some soft tissue treatment, it's not, it's never gonna get any better. Yeah. So that's huh. kind of the way that I practice is is figuring out where stuff above and downstream affects the area that they're having it. Yeah. Because more than likely, I mean, if it's not an infection or a fracture, of pain is not structural it's mostly your brain creating pain in that area because something else is going on yeah and we'll kind of dive into like what an adjustment does so a lot of people think that you know you go to the chiropractor you're getting your bones moved right (laughs) thinks that you're just cracking bones back in place and that's what the noise is so That's actually not true. (laughs) If your chiropractor is telling you that, then run. (laughs) And go see Dr. Mormon here. (laughs) Uh, So what we're actually doing is, if you've heard the term proprioception before, is when you can kind of close your eyes and you can touch your nose because your brain knows where your limbs are in space. So those are called proprioceptors in your muscle fibers. Um, In your spine, the intersegmental muscles that run in between all those little segments are super densely packed with those proprioceptors. When you have segments that stop moving well, that signal gets lost up to the brain. Mm -hmm. So it stops sending that feedback, and Mm -hmm. you start moving differently because you're basically blind in that area. Yeah. So say you can't flex your back or extend your back as well because you can't really sense where that is in space. Mm -hmm. So then that translates to pain because your body's like, hey, I need to pick up this beam off the ground as part of my construction job, but your back's not going to bend, so I'm going to give you pain here because this needs to bend and you need to do something about it. So it's more of a protective mechanism. On the flip side of that, your brain can learn those things. That's what chronic pain goes into is you may not have any damage there, but since you have felt the pain there for so long and never did anything about it, even if the issue's resolved, you'll still feel pain. So what an adjustment does is when you get into those segments that are restricted and not moving very well, and you activate those quick stretch of those paraspinal muscles, It bombards the brain with that proprioceptive input and restores that feedback loop so that you can get your biomechanics back to normal, essentially. Then pain starts to go.
0: So it's basically like you're telling the brain, hey, things are still okay here. Yeah. Almost. And then next thing you know, the brain's like, oh, okay, cool. Proprioceptors are still working there. (laughs) Exactly. Basically just waking them up again. Yeah. So
2: then same thing. Like if you roll your ankle, as part of the rehab process, you want to start loading that tissue as soon as possible. And getting that proprioceptive feedback back as quickly as you can. Huh. So we we'll touch on I guess we can dive into that now, the whole Dude. rice, rice principle. Dude, if you want, yeah, let's yeah. do it. So, I'd yeah. love to hear about that. Yeah. So like you know, if you probably heard if you roll your ankle to rest, ice, <laughs> yeah, elevate, sure. compress. So the doctor that actually came up with that has come out in a few years ago to say that that's wrong. Mm-hmm. They actually want to start adding movement, things like that, which makes total sense because ligaments sure. and tendons respond best to load; they don't respond well to rest. Right. So, muscle has really good blood supply. Ligaments and tendons do not, so they need that load to to start to build back up. So now the new acronym is Peace and Love, that everybody's going towards, <laughs> which sounds kind of funny. But peace, uh, the peace portion is more so for like the acute part of it, so 24 to 48 hours. You want to protect for the piece. You want to either immobilize, make sure you're not going to do any movements outside of the pain-free range of motion you can do that's going to further damage anything. Uh, the E is elevation. You still want to do that because you still want to work some of that swelling out of there. Uh, the A is to avoid anti-inflammatories. So mm-hmm. You actually don't want to take those right out the bat because you want that inflammatory process to happen. Interesting. So a lot of people think of inflammation as a bad thing, but it's really your body's natural healing response. Sure. Uh, You just don't want it to stick around too long, Mm. which is what the Rice Principle was doing. It was keeping inflammation there for a long period of time because ice and rest was slowing that down. So that's why this is more important. Yeah, it makes sense. So avoiding those anti-inflammatories. The C is compression, still just working on getting some of that swelling out of there. And then the E is education. So just educating yourself on what you can do with your injury not necessarily throwing all these passive modalities at it, just kind of letting your body do its thing for those first 24 to 48 hours. Yeah, Then you get into the love portion. So that is more so once we get out of that acute phase and you want to start the rehab process, the L stands for load. So you want to start loading that tissue as soon as possible, gradually, so you can start to rebuild that proprioceptive feedback and get some of those good nutrients flowing through there. Uh, o, often overlooked, but one of the most important, is optimism. So a lot of times if somebody has an injury, they're like, oh, man, my lower back is hurt. I'm never going to deadlift again. Never going to play basketball again. Exactly. They're negative about it. So a lot of studies show that if you're optimistic about your treatment, that actually gives you better outcomes. So you have to Mm. think positive. Like, I'm going to get better. I'm going to do this again. Yeah. Think about all the people that were told they were never going to walk again, and they had a freaking positive attitude. And they're like, I'm going to walk again. Nobody's going to tell me. And then they do. Exactly. And the people there are like, oh, yeah, they don't. Right. So. That's the O. Uh, The V is vascularization. So you want to start to add in more movements through that range of motion to help rebuild that vascularization, get more blood flow in there, pump more nutrients in there to facilitate healing. And then the last E, or yeah, L-O-V-E is exercise. Exercise. So you want to start exercising again, still loading that tissue, getting back those ranges of motion that you lost, building up that proprioception and then
1: that's where you really rehab that tissue to get back to stronger than what it was. Yeah. So back to the C and P compression, what ways do you suggest compressing it? Like with what? Yeah, so you can use like ace bandages, KT tape, yeah. the usual type of stuff.
2: You just yeah. kind of wrap it up sure. as you keep it elevated. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. There's a technique that you can do too where you you have it elevated and you just put some lotion on there. And you kind of grasp it and pull it back towards your heart as you have it elevated and just try to work some of that fluid and swelling out of there. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. It's called milking. I always thought that was <sighs> weird, so I don't like to say <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, it makes sense though. Like, yeah, it's funny, no, but, but like oh, people will understand gosh, that. Yeah, so, yeah I'm gonna know. milk your ankle real quick. Yeah. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're like, "What are you? What are you gonna do
2: to me?" Yeah, so again? I just, I just don't say that. i like, "Yeah, we're <laughs> just gonna do a little soft tissue work on you." Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> right. It's weird. Yeah. Little, you know, manual therapy. Yeah. Not definitely not milking. <laughs> yeah. no, definitely not milking. <laughs> that's funny. It's uh, it's interesting. So, what do you think is a way then that this new, not new, newer acronym, peace and love? How do we how do we make that more of a common thought process for the average population, for yeah. the Gen Pop that don't, you know, that don't do what we do, that you know, like don't have the knowledge you do, haven't went through the schooling you do? How do we get that out there and make it a common thing instead of just hearing rice, rice, rice yeah. all the time? I think the biggest thing
2: is just educating people because yeah. yeah. people don't know what they don't know. The amount of people that I come into the office with rolled ankles and like, Oh yeah, I've just like had some ice on it, been Mm. resting it, had it up on a pillow. And I'm like, well, actually we want to like start to get you moving (laughs) a little bit sooner than that. And like, really? It's like my MD told me I need to rest. And so if like we talked about earlier, if you just do what you know, you're never going to learn and grow. And
1: it's not like it's their fault by any means. It's,
2: it's what they know. They've been told forever. A lot of those guys are so slammed right now. Anyway, they don't have time to pick up a book and read any kind of new (laughs) current article. Yeah. Right. That's actually yeah. I think the big thing is just getting the word out, just letting everybody know. Yeah, yeah. and then slowly we'll turn that tide. Yeah, slowly but, but you know, yeah, it'll, it'll just it'll become common knowledge,
0: just like rice did. Yeah, well, best. it's right. it's similar to like barbell back squatting. You used to be told never let your knees go over your toes. Yeah, that type right. of thing. And now there's literally a trainer called Knees Over Toes guy. Yeah. That's Basically, taking the world by storm with what he does. Right. And it makes so much sense. Oh, it makes total sense. It yeah. It makes total sense. Same thing with like Jefferson yeah. curls. Everybody
2: talks oh, about yeah. like spinal flexing, especially in the chiropractic space, spinal flexion being terrible for you. There's two people just butting heads about this all across <laughs> the internet. So it makes total sense that we already talked about your ligaments and tendons respond best to load. If you gradually load them, they're going to build. Higher load tolerances and become stronger. Yeah. So if you start working your back in flexion, light, lightweight body weight, and then work your way up with stuff like Jefferson curls, that tissue is going to adapt. Yeah. That's what we do best as humans is adapt. Right. So it makes total mm-hmm. sense, and like what we were talking about earlier. Um, as part of getting your spine moving and getting that proprioception, your spine's not meant to just be straight like an RDL and sit with perfect posture. (laughs) Rigid all the time. It's meant to move through all the range of motions that it articulates Mm. with. So why wouldn't you take your spine through those? Sure. Because if you don't, then you're going to be afraid of that motion. You're going to be
0: afraid of flexing your spine because you're going to hurt it. Well, right. it's even like the conversation of Zurchers we've been having, yeah. you know, and how like big of a deal that is. You'll see guys that are like their backs completely rounded in Zurchers, but it's because they've worked their way up to it. Exactly. You know, they yeah. started that super lightweight, maybe even body weight, like you said, and then slowly worked their way up. Or we'll see guys doing 300 pounds on Zurchers, yeah. which is also yeah. ridiculous. Which is nuts. In, in, All that in, right there. Like, come on. In, insane. <laughs> um, that's actually a very specific, random question. The weight here. Is that just an adaptation thing too? Like having the weight, just being able to hold it between your arms on a Zercher? Yeah, know, when you first or, you did a Zercher squat and you're yeah, like, this freaking true. sucks. Yeah. My oh, it hurts like, so dude, bad. It hurts. I was like, yeah. dude, like should yeah. I even be
2: doing this? Right. <laughs> just like anything else, you get used to it. I mean, I remember the first time I did back squat, like back in middle school, and I had mm. the bar on my back. My top of my neck was sore for yeah. like a week. I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah. I'm never doing this again. Those are the good right. old days. Right. Yeah. But now, Ooh. I mean, you put. 400 500 pounds in your back with a bar you don't even feel yeah, the bar on it. That's totally what we're doing. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, 4 or 500 pounds. Yeah, I was just saying yeah. uh, <laughs> you 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 put that on your back. <laughs> Not no. anymore. Back
0: <laughs> football days. He's yeah. he's a full shit. I've been telling him. I'm like I'm like dude, you still could easily squat over 500 100%. Cuz if you see this guy do like lateral lunges or like overhead lateral lunges, anything like that, you would think he moves like a 180 pound person. Yeah. It's scary. Man. And this man's 260, 275 pounds or something like that. It's two yeah. seventy five. Yeah.
1: It's insane. That's crazy. <laughs> what, what was your best 40 at your, at that weight? Oh, I think I did <laughs> ask I don't
2: remember this. our 40 times. I was telling him that I remember running the 100 meter dash in high school one time. It was like the big man relay. And, <laughs> big uh, man relay. <laughs> it was like, a, dude, I looked forward to that because. I was a lot faster than the other throwers. Dope, I ran yeah. like a 13 and the 100 at 320. Oh my gosh. Which was, I, like, it takes me a second to get up to speed. So I don't think my 40 <laughs> was all that great. But
1: once I got up to speed, I was yeah. pretty good. You get past that 50 yard line, look out. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Full steam ahead. <laughs> we, we, we put you on a Hail Mary. It's game over. Yeah. <laughs> Dustin, everybody. Yeah, right, right. Good Lord. <laughs> That's crazy. So yeah, guys. Little do you know when I say peace and love at the end of all of our episodes, I've actually been hinting. That's at, exactly uh, what you've been I've been hinting at there that new go. acronym. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just totally it's lying it. to our listeners. <laughs> just bullshitting our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> so let's transition a bit. This is this next question is a little bit more nights Tabley, and and you kind of mentioned this a little bit um, earlier, but working with working with clients, you know, you've worked with a lot of athletes, and I'm sure you've even worked with athletes that are above where you ended up at lindenwood you know mm-hmm. you played d2 football and there's a lot of people that haven't played d2 football yeah. but i'm sure you've worked with division one and maybe even some nfl guys um or just other professional athletes in general so do you ever get a sense of uh or a feeling of imposter syndrome oh every day and yeah so then second half of that how do you kind of help yourself through the fear of not fulfilling your purpose when that creeps in mm-hmm.
2: yeah So I think it's normal for everybody to have that bit of feeling of imposter syndrome and feeling like you don't know enough. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the questions you asked earlier that we didn't get to was my knowledge base through school versus my knowledge base after school. So we'll kind of circle back on that. Uh, But that has definitely helped because coming out of school, like obviously we learn a lot at Logan, but Mm -hmm. it's more, you learn a lot of the science. You have to seek out a lot of the clinical stuff. Yeah. So... Right out of school, it was nice to be an associate because I had other doctors in the office that I could bounce ideas off of. Mm-hmm. Coming out on my own would have been pretty tough because obviously I would have felt like, I'm not ready for this. I don't think I'd, you know, I don't know everything. Right. I still don't know everything. And I never will. It's like they say, the more you know, the less you actually know. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I think that just believing in myself and knowing, trusting myself, like, hey, I've been in this situation before. I've gotten this person better then I should be able to do the same thing here. And yeah. it's just working through it. Like I have different systems to work through people's why diagnosis that doesn't necessarily rely on anything crazy that I need to know. Like it's right. pretty systematic. And then we figure out where it is and then we work on it. So that has helped build my confidence. Um, hmm. And then the fulfilling the purpose part, I mean, I think everybody feels a little bit of that as well. The, oh, yeah. Like I used to always say, I texted you this the other day that, like, my, you know, when me and my wife, wife first started talking she's like what's your biggest fear and I was like the fear of failure but I think that that is now the fear of not fulfilling my purpose yeah so I think that my purpose is exactly what I'm doing now Mm -hmm. and just continuing to grow and try to spread that influence as much as possible yeah
1: and trusting that path that you you were again you were meant to go to Logan you were meant to Mm -hmm. become a chiropractor and, and do what you're doing now and I think just believing in that trusting in that and then like you said just believing in yourself yeah. you know you know what you're talking about there's no reason to believe you don't know that yeah. you know especially with yourself so i think and that goes for anything we've talked a lot about that you know on our on our side as far as the training goes i've talked about that as being a baseball coach you know, it's like why should why should all these kids listen to me you know i work with matt adams like why should a big leaguer ever listen to me you know and i trust in my knowledge but i also trust in the people around me mm-hmm. you know where i'm where i'm at I have fantastic coaches. I mean, literally some of the best in the area. We get to learn directly on the training side from guys like Jeff LaVecchio and Brock Wilson. You know, so we. Two awesome dudes, by the way. Absolutely, two without stunts. a doubt. Yeah. And again, two of the best that we literally get to call friends. Yeah. We have access to, like, we see them all the time and, and we get to learn from that. You're now, he's working with you now, so you're getting to learn that side of it, you know, the mm-hmm. corrective side, the rehabilitation, rehabilitation side of it. So it's just. Trusting yourself, but also putting yourself in good yeah, situations. putting yourself in a good circle. Exactly. People to, exactly. to lean back into yeah. if you need to. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. You know, we're all involved with S2 and first form in different ways. Same thing there. You yeah. know, great people to be around, learn Point. from. Definitely. So it's, I think we're all doing solid on that side of the thing. Yeah, you know? I'd
0: say so. It's interesting you say about the systems part too, mm-hmm. because even like in the office, yes, you have a system to follow. But then if you set up systems in life as well, that also makes you feel more confident. It's like, oh, I just check A, Y, Z – or whatever. And then, yeah. okay, cool. That leads me to the right location. Yeah. And then, boom. And then one of those systems you're on right now is 75 Hard. Yeah. Which I'm kind of curious to hear you talk about. Have you have you done 75 Hard before? I don't think I asked you that. So I made it two weeks before when I was yeah. at Logan. Yeah. I tried it. And
2: oh, gosh. It was, when you're at Logan, yeah. It was horrible. So yeah. I was working at F45 at that time when I was going through Logan. So I would wake up at three, get my first workout in, go to work at F45 from like five to seven. <laughs> go to class from 7.30 to 5 p.m. and then have to squeeze in my other workout and then try to find time to study with wow 36 credit hours. <laughs> St- study and somehow sleep. Yeah. and yeah. Yeah. There was not awesome. very much sleep happening. Yeah. That's what got me. So yeah. I made it those two weeks. My body started telling me, what the heck are you doing? Yeah. And yeah. my grades started to dip just a little bit from it. So I was like, nope, I'll do it in the future whenever I have more time to put towards it.
1: Yeah, so. and put the actual correct effort into yeah, it as well. I mean, exactly. that's the biggest thing. you know. And that's now. Exactly.
2: That's why I was outside walking my ass 45 minutes and <laughs> negative two degrees
1: with a 21 wind chill. Yeah. And it was incredible. Yeah, those of you that aren't in St. Louis here, I mean, I guess most of the country's feeling it. Probably, but, uh, yeah. But we're about to have some insane temperatures here the next couple days, which we've been looking forward to. Yeah, it's, definitely, I'm excited. I love for it. it. it yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it's yeah, Je- such Jeff a challenge. <laughs> no, yeah. poor Jeff. Because he doesn't a have a chiropractor. Hair. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's like has to be 80 degrees or higher, otherwise it's cold. <laughs> like, Bro, dude. you picked the wrong state. Yeah, we get 105 and we get negative so. five. he's a tropical boy
0: for sure. <laughs> <laughs> An island boy. <laughs> An island boy. Is he a part of the island boys? Might be. Oh, oh Didn't they cut
2: their hair off too? That's, that's, <laughs> they do. Right. They do a lot
0: of weird <laughs> stuff. Weird talking about a couple characters there. Yeah, it's, I think good. I guy. saw one video characters, about those for sure. guys, and I was like, yeah, whatever. You Didn't never, you you know, it's, it's one of those you have to like push, do not, I'm not interested. So you never yeah. see them again. Dislike. Yeah. That's basically <laughs> what it is. Never <laughs> pop up my feed ever again, please. Because I'm losing brain cells because yeah. I'm seeing you right now. Now we're all probably going to get them pushed into our feeds because, mm. you know, phones are listening and whatnot. Mm. Sweet. <laughs> sweet. Good good job on our part there. Um But no, I, the 75 hard thing is interesting because I think actually, funny enough, off of the fact that you went two weeks and then you're like, okay, no go. It's important to. Recognize that too on your end because if 75 hard is also causing you to literally get two hours of sleep a night and then wrecking your next day, okay, you're probably not doing it right, yeah, you yeah. know, because everybody wants to do 75 hard, it's, it's really popular, especially nowadays. You know, again, two years ago, three years ago, it wasn't as popular, sure. but it was becoming popular when well, you and I first
1: did it, especially with the new year now, too. That's a hundred a, a well. percent, yeah,
0: you know, but I it's you got to be careful with it too because now if you're working a nine to five and that's it that's all you're doing okay you have the time to do it 100 yeah, 100 you yeah. have the time to do it yeah, more than enough even right. if you're working probably i don't know 10 12 hours a day and you're not studying outside of it like Dude, you said you're I probably I
2: dream to wake up and go
0: to work at 9 a.m <laughs>
2: half the day is gone at that point <laughs> yeah,
0: that, that's the thing it's weird it's because even being in the even being in the office and it's nine o'clock it's like oh feel like half the day's gone already essentially at that point in time but it's like but you're right it's there are special situations like what you were in that you can be like, "Oh, there's no way I should be doing 75 hard." And it's important to even point that stuff out. But it's also important to point out, like, "Hey, like guys, Wyatt was in a situation that he's there's no way he should have kept doing it. Like it was like a negative that he should have kept yeah. doing it. And that's important to recognize too. But it's also important to recognize now. Look, he also circled back around. Mm-hmm. You yep. know, You he held that promise to yourself. To
2: yourself. Yeah. yeah. So I knew. I mean, obviously, it's supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be inconvenient. That's sure. what it's all about. Sure. But I knew once it started affecting my purpose. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's got to go. I'll Absolutely. bring it back later. Yeah.
1: And no one would 100%. fault you for that. Yeah. I think if Andy was sitting right here, he would not fault you for that yeah. without a doubt. Or he'd yell at you. He should be sitting right here. Or he. He will. He probably, still, so, he probably so, still would yell at me. He will be.
0: <laughs> Just <laughs> for the fun of it. Probably he'd yell at you. <laughs> and then you'd adjust him and accidentally, you know, summon slips and whatnot. You know oh, what I mean? Like those. <laughs> sounds like malpractice right there. but <laughs> hey, That's why we pay for it. I was going to say that's, that's, that's,
1: that's what insurance is. That's why the insurance is, for, insurance right? is there. Yeah, for
0: insurance sure. Insurance is great. Uh, A <laughs> I heard some birds saying something. To yeah.
1: Um, that was Mitch that said that, too.
0: Well, So what was it you wanted to circle back around to? Because I, I wanted to circle back around to the difference between Logan and what you learn now yeah. outside of that, too. Like what you're doing yeah. now. Yes, yeah. that's that's so, a definitely one thing I wanted to address.
1: Kind of the science versus clinical that yeah. you sort yeah, of Yeah, so
2: Logan gives you like a good foundation of knowledge, I would say. You you still have the avenue to kind of get after it there as far as clinical side. Like they have clubs that you go to. So oh, cool. My first trimester, I was in Motion Palpation Institute, which is the club that allows you to adjust first because normally you don't get to adjust at Logan until way later after you learn everything. So just getting in there right out the gate, starting to learn how to palpate people, how to feel the difference between normal, abnormal, Mm. and how to basically start to diagnose movement issues and Mm -hmm. then what adjustments you want to apply to that was huge because then you think about that later when you're learning this stuff in labs and you're like, that makes so much sense. It starts to tie in the science to the clinical aspect. So I think learning that stuff early was big. There's also clubs like R2P, which is all the rehab stuff I went to a few times. They are awesome. They do a lot of the stuff like we do rehab wise in the office. They do all that same stuff and they're teaching students that nice. early, which is clutch. Um, as far as getting out, you're kind of clinic at Logan's a little tricky because you do two trimesters in clinic the first one you treat younger students because obviously they want to give you like somewhat healthy people so you don't mm-hmm. jack anybody up <laughs> so they they send the younger like try one students in to be your patients basically yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you get to kind of do what you want with them and then there's a clinician in the room that's watching over you to make sure you don't mess anything up so it gives you like a good environment of learning because again you can turn around and like be like hey i think they have this going on is it all right if i do this and they're like yeah you can do that or you should try this so it's just good to have somebody to lean back on like what we talked oh, yeah. about Uh, Then you get into the next one where they allow general population to come in. So Logan Clinic lets people come in. I think it's $10 for an adjustment. Um, So you work through them. You do their exam. And then I was fortunate enough. I had a pretty awesome clinician. He kind of let me do what I wanted. Um, So I would obviously adjust my patients, but he let me do more of the soft tissue, take them over to the rehab Mm -hmm. bay, start taking them through exercises and working through that stuff, which was what I wanted to do. So that was nice. And then I met Dr. Chad, the guy that I work with at the office. Uh, when I was at F45, he was a member there, so he set up a table and I just kind of talked to him. He was like, Yeah, come check out the office. And I got in there and saw that they did the rehab and all the different modalities. Laser STEM, so, all yeah. that. Yeah, I Whole was like, thing. This is all the stuff I want to do because I don't yeah. want to just be like an adjust and see it later. Like, I want to do it all there, yeah, like a comprehensive approach to somebody's care. So I did my both of my preceptorships there, so for nine and 10, and then I just rolled right into working when That's I graduated awesome. It's very awesome. And that's where I think a lot of my real knowledge gain came from when you're out in the real world working Mm -hmm. on people that actually have stuff wrong with them. Sure. Because when you get, you got a student coming in, it's like, yeah, I just have some neck pain because I'm looking down studying all day. That's pretty easy to deal with. (laughs) You have somebody come in that's like 70 years old that has back pain for 50 years. That's, (laughs) it's a little more to unpack there. Yeah. So you really got to be on your game and learn some stuff. So, and with that, um, like we talked about, I like to read case studies and stuff constantly mm-hmm. just to add more tools to my toolbox. Yeah. So I will say that um, I would consider myself an evidence-based chiropractor, but I'm not so evidence-based that I won't use stuff that's not backed by science yet because mm-hmm. I think that with the chiropractic profession, there's still so much that needs to catch up to it research-wise. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's in the near future. It's in the works. Such so, as what? I'm just curious. Um, just the impact that adjustments have on the brain so dr -hmm. heidi havoc talks about she's down in new zealand i think but she talks more about like the neurology behind adjusting Mm -hmm. which is fascinating um that you can have a performance increase for up to an hour after an adjustment Hmm. you're affecting areas of the brain like the prefrontal cortex and the um cerebellum which are like your big integrative Mm -hmm. centers So they're basically – they're taking, like, all the information in the world that you see around them, like, basically your reality, and adjustments affect that. Wow. Which is crazy.
1: And that's some of the stuff that's not fully – Yeah, like, they've been working yeah. on
2: it for a little while, but it's starting to, like, really take off, and they're figuring out how to actually make the studies, like, double-blind, controlled, so that yeah. way they're valid in everybody's eyes.
0: Yeah. RCT and everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sure.
2: So – um Something cool with that, too, is for they found, I think, in regular people, it was a 16% strength increase for up to an hour after an adjustment. Wow. Uh, elite athletes was 8%, and then this one's the bigger one. In stroke victims with, like, an effective limb weakness, 65% increase in strength after an adjustment.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: That's major.
0: That's wow. very major. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So do you then suggest your patients to go work out, like, Directly after an adjustment
2: then? definitely. Wow. So in that, touching base on what we talked about in the office. So a lot of chiropractors think that the adjustment's the end-all be-all, like we're going to cure everything from an adjustment. That's just not true. It's Mm -hmm. just one tool in the toolbox. And I tell everybody that, too. I'm like, look, if you're just looking to get adjustments, you can do that. But I think you will benefit from adding this other stuff in to get you optimized and where you need to be. Sure. So, my belief is when you get that adjustment, obviously, we restored that proprioceptive feedback. Mm-hmm. Now we need to go do those exercises to cement that in place. So, we just gained you your range of motion back, and you're going to lose that unless you go teach your brain, Use hey, it. we have our movement back. Let's keep it here. Yeah. Yes. So, that's yeah. why, like people previously that just get adjustments, they'll go in and get adjusted. And then a week later, they're like, oh, you know, like it's back. I got to go to a chiropractor for life. <laughs> No, You're you're like, no duh. Yeah, Yeah. you have to like get adjusted and then work through that range of motion, build that proprioception, teach your joints, like, hey, this is my end range of motion, let's keep this. Yeah. So that's why it's so important to have both together and studies show that both together get the best outcomes. Right. So it's pretty easy to tell when people don't go and do those after the adjustments because you see them a week later. (laughs) I tell people all the time, I've got, like, a damn high success rate if you do your part. Like, if you're in here a couple days a week, you're doing your exercises, if you're doing your stuff on your own, then we're gonna get you there. Yeah. If you're coming in here once every couple of weeks, you're not doing your exercises, it's gonna take a lot longer. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and I'll, I'll see it on your behalf of you doing your part. I mean, I'll see you in there, you know, introducing a couple new exercises for a patient or whatever, you know, something you might have, you know, found or like, hey, this could actually help you. Let's add that to the toolbox. I'll see you doing that. Yeah. So that basis is covered by you and us in the office. Yeah. You're right. That just has to be fulfilled outside of that. And it's honestly very similar with clients for us because the problem is, you know, if you only, let's see, you only see a client in person, if you're training in person two times a week, what are they doing for an hour for two, you're going to see them two hours out of the whole week. And if they're doing like eating crap, if they're, you know, sitting on the couch for the rest of the time outside of that, what's going to happen?
1: Yeah.
0: You're not going to get any results.
2: Well, that's kind of what goes into Chiropractic, too, is it's a biopsychosocial model. Mm. So you have biological, you have psychological, and social aspect. All three of those tie into what a person's perceiving as their pain.
1: Yeah. So I'll you
2: kind of have to dive into all three of them. Like if I'm working on somebody, but they're sleeping two hours a night and their diet's trash, I'm just working against the wind here. 100%. Right. They're basically right. putting
0: roadblocks up for you yeah. to try to smash through. Yeah. yeah. Or, or if somebody's time, yeah.
2: chronically stressed from a job, then it's hard to, you know, you have to teach them those stretch, stress coping mechanisms right. to help get a better diagnosis. Right. Like I had one lady with TMJ pain, uh, mm-hmm. jaw, for you guys that don't know, but it's mm-hmm. pretty closely correlated with stress, uh, that and your upper neck. So you kind of have to work all of those things together. She has a pretty high stress job. We were kind of hitting a stalemate on her pain after a little while. And then she comes in on her next visit. She's like, my jaw doesn't hurt at all. And I was like, what changed? From you tell me that. She's yeah. like, I quit my job. I was uh... like... So that just cemented it in place for me. And it's just like little things like that. Just A lot of people like to crap on anecdotal evidence, but it is part of the leg of evidence that is important. So, And that's touching back on what we were talking about earlier with being evidence-based is I'll read these case studies of stuff that doctors tried with their patients that there isn't necessarily that research behind it, but it worked. So I'll just keep that in my back pocket. So if I have somebody that comes in with a similar presentation that I've tried the stuff that I know for similar things and it's not working. I'm like, well, you know what? I remember this doctor tried this. I'm gonna try this. And then lo and behold. <boom>. Yeah. Yeah. Like I Boom. read an article the other day that I have a patient that has a lot of GI issues they were trying to work through as well as low back pain. And I was reading this article about how um just visceral pain referring to the low back and some different ways that you can treat that. And I tried them and she was like, This is the best that I've felt. Wow. So It's just stuff like that. Just adding, just constantly learning and adding those tools to your toolbox. I
0: think that makes you so much better, though, too, because then you're you're not you're not just constraining yourself along like one road, and you're like, well, there's nothing I can do now. You're then looking outside the box, and then hypothetically, that one anecdotal thing you find, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, it helps that patient. That's a huge deal, you know, for somebody like turning around and it's like same thing. Like she quit her job. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, yeah, cool.
2: And I think it's about building and taking those more concepts and applying those rather than being like, like I just did my dry kneeling certification out there long ago. Sure. And we've been doing a lot of dry kneeling because I felt like it was something that awesome. I had been missing that yeah. I needed as part of my toolkit. But that doesn't mean that now that I have dry kneeling, I'm not going to do cupping and scraping and right. manual therapy and ART and stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. just another tool because we mm-hmm. have the concept of these things and we use that all together, not just... I have this one tool, I'm gonna to use it. If everything, if you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail type of situation. Yeah. So right. you wanna have all these things at your disposal that you can use. Cause some people don't like cupping. They're like, this sucks, take this thing off of me. Yeah. Some people don't like scraping. So you have to have kind of all those tools to be able to yeah, use sure. to accomplish the same
0: task. Some yeah. some people scream during dry needling, AKA yeah. me. They do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't gonna tell him that, but <laughs> I thought. So, I thought I'd throw myself under the bus. I was worried you might bring it up, so I'm like, I might <laughs> just, get it out now. Just get it out now. Yeah. yeah, I'll be the one to say it. I'm like, oh, oh, like one of those. Whenever he's writing
1: yeah. me, dude, it's so weird. So going back to something you mentioned earlier, Gable, just seeing him in the office work. Why don't you yeah. two kind of talk about? The relationship in the office like what you do yeah. why they see him what you do why they go back to him like talk about what you two do together in sure. the office i think that'd be sure. cool to hear
2: gable's basically my right hand man so <laughs> i when i do my assessment and my exam based on everything that we do you know movement checking stability things like that mm-hmm. i base their rehab program off of that okay so when i input that into our system Jacob gets the exercises. I'll usually run through him like what I'm looking for. This is what I want them to accomplish. We talk about like our patient's key value. So for example, one of my patients, she wants to be able to pick up her grandkids. So that's her key value. So we're gonna be working on building that strength and that stability. So obviously translating that information to him as he takes them through their exercises is is huge. Yeah. Yeah. So and that's his role is building a relationship with patients, building their rapport, taking them through their exercises to get them right. Yeah. yeah.
0: There, there's times too, I mean, where he's literally told me like, there's not not free reign, but I'll literally come to him and be like, hey, this one just, you know, isn't running a correct way or isn't working a correct way. What what are we looking for here instead of this one? Yeah. You know, that type of thing. Meaning movements. Yeah. Essentially, mean, these yeah. Re, yeah, these yeah. rehabilitation exercises, it's like, if I'm out there and I'm like, I, I gave them, all the cues that we needed to, and I'm like, this one just doesn't look right on that mm-hmm. patient. I can easily come to Wyatt. Wyatt might be out there, he might be with the patient, however it is, and I can either easily be like, hey, when you get a second, check this out and see what you're seeing too. Yeah. And we can kind of collaborate and see what's going on. Maybe I saw something in the past that you know he hasn't seen before. A lot of the times, like I'll come to him and it's like, hey, what kind of tweaks can I add here? How can I advance this movement, that type of stuff? Yeah. And yeah. then it's a beautiful thing where... I also get to take a lot of weight off his shoulders as well. Yeah. Mm. Cause instead of you know you having to strap somebody up to stim or laser somebody or put them on decomp or whatever, mm-hmm. then I can take that weight off your shoulders too. Yeah. Then you can focus even more on the patients as well mm-hmm. because yeah. I can take that workload off as well. So yeah. Yeah. which is yeah. huge. That's yeah. what's
2: needed. Because I mean we are a pretty high volume practice. There's days that we have fifty people, there's days that we have eighty people. Wow. Which I mean, in the past, people like to think as high-volume practices as not being evidence-based, just kind of adjust them and get them out. But Mm -hmm. I think that we're doing a great job Mm -hmm. of kind of defining that line of, yeah, we may be busy, we have a lot of people in here, but every patient's still getting the care that they need, the time that they need. People are in the office for like an hour. Mm -hmm. So it's not like they're just coming in for 10 minutes, getting adjusted, doing a couple stretches and leaving. Like they're getting an experience. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and like you said, you do take a pretty good load off of that. I love doing the rehab stuff. That's, oh, yeah. I, I like it a lot, obviously, because yeah. I like exercise. Sure. So, yeah. I do kind of miss being out there, kind of getting in with everybody, but uh, I know that I finally have somebody I can trust to, to, like I said, be my right hand man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Take him through yeah. it. So. Does he
1: well, not know you're left handed,
0: by the way? I haven't told him. You haven't told him that? Yeah, I haven't told him the bad news about being a lefty. No, 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 no. Yeah, us weird yeah. lefties. <laughs> 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 Just discriminate. My only discrimination is against lefties. Like what? <laughs> huh? unless you're a pitcher. Get out of here. Yep. That's a good point. Yeah. Again, I told you I should have played baseball. Ah, but it's not too late. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I've seen you throw. It's, I, it's too. late. I was late. gonna say it's, it's too late. You see me hit too, so <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's too late. But you don't have to hit. <laughs> you're,
2: but not, it, you're not it's gonna be a late.
0: basketball player either. As many shots oh. as I've seen
2: you make with the face paper in the office, <laughs> oh. dude.
0: I'm. I'm most days. I'm like two for twenty I'm, on the trash I can. Fully I fully believe mean, it's, it. It's rough, but I like, don't get any
1: rough. of us on the ice because then we're all done for. That's fair. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Dude, I don't even know
2: if I could step out there. Why didn't I? Might be. Dude, we got to go. Actually, that'd be really fun to do that. To be honest with you, you have to coach me up.
0: I would. Yeah, it's really not that hard to coach it up either, but. Anyways. Well, hockey's not difficult. You no, know, it's an it's it easy, easy sport. sport in yeah. Yeah. So, it's soft, non-contact. Very simple. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, actually, one, one thing, too, is like those of you that are listening, you're like kind of interested to come in. <coughs> I want to keep in mind, too, what, one thing that's big, our patient group in there all are really good, too. Oh, they're awesome. So they're amazing people. And the thing is, when you were saying like, hey, we're pretty busy, what also offsets that. Like, I mean, there's been times where I'm like, hey, I'll be right back give me a couple minutes to handle this thing. I'll be right back. And they're always just, yeah. Okay. A couple extra minutes, yeah. whatever. And it's, it, that makes it flow so much better too. Not like because if, if we had a bunch of people that were just really impatient and whatnot and just wanted everything right away, it would make, it would make our job that much more difficult. So the fact that you've also brought in a bunch of great people as well before I've gotten there and then now even growing even more, that just makes the job even easier, which is great. So yeah, we have an awesome, awesome patient base. So,
2: when I first got there, it was a lot more just regular general population, mm-hmm. you know, middle-aged people. Nothing wrong with that. Obviously, they need chiropractic too, and we're more than mm-hmm. happy to take them. But I wanted more of like the at like the active population, gym goers. So I my relationship with f 45 helped huge with that because mm-hmm. obviously anybody that had anything going on there, they came to see me because I was training them. Yeah. Uh, so that was nice. Mm-hmm. Um and then building a relationship with F45 in Dogtown shout out to Janice she's freaking <laughs> great awesome Great person um, yep. she's incredible she sends all of her people over to that have any kind of injury and it's nice because i know the workouts they're doing because i train there also so just building that relationship getting into other gyms like Project Power freaking awesome gym. If studs. You guys yeah, to check yeah. That studs at project Sweet. power yeah uh, Sweet. iron yeah. hive same thing with that sam's iron an hive. awesome guy too sam and z yep. yeah burn boot camp chad's more affiliated with them but they've yep. got awesome people as well great crew um force performance d1 force. Yeah. all the places yeah. Pain, yeah another one exactly yeah. so yeah. just all great yeah. places just going out there all good people because everybody wants to be yeah. better yeah. that's why i like the population so much cuz everybody's working out obviously to better themselves so they're going to be a little bit more adhering to their care plan right. that, i want to get better i want my deadlift to improve i want xyz yeah. so i'm going to yeah. do this right
0: well a good so. thing about that too is that then you have the general population or so seeing all the other athletes and people that are active in there too yeah hopefully that helps inspiring some change inspiring and yeah. encouraging what they're doing as well they're seeing how much change these patients that are mm-hmm. athletes active whatever they're seeing how much change they're having in like a short period of time it's like oh okay maybe i add that into my yeah. toolbox now along with health source and whatnot that comes along Definitely. with that too so yeah. it's huge it's huge yeah i mean we've had people like become friends. Oh you know, yeah.
2: At the office, like they're oh, doing I'd rehab next to each other. And they're like, Hey, I think I recognize you from social media or something. <laughs> yeah. And They just like hit it off and now they hang out. So it's, yeah. it's just cool to have that environment. hundred so, percent. Yeah. Very grateful
0: for our patients. Um, so last question here. So you mentioned earlier about rice, of course. Now we'll kind of expand on that where you're saying, you know, a lot of the times the what diagnosis, that type of stuff that we talked about, that's being treated. Where do you so where do you feel like MDs and the modern healthcare system kind of lacks with that type of stuff and how big of a deal it is for chiropractic to also to help step into that, you know, maybe even PT as well. Yeah. So so I
2: won't say that all MDs are no. bad, obviously, because it's just like any profession, you have some that just, it's not their forte. So sure. if somebody comes in with low back pain, like I said, they're busy, they are slammed to the gills, mm-hmm. so they're not going to take the time to take somebody through a movement assessment to see what yeah. their biomechanics are and why their low back pains is happening. They're just gonna be like, oh, you have low back pain, take this muscle relaxer, go <laughs> rest for a while, put some ice on it, and then call yeah. me. Yeah, they, they don't have the
0: option to care about these people. Exactly. Because they have such a short period of time. Yeah, because like five they have people minutes. coming in
2: with like a burst appendix and stuff like that. So exactly. it's not 100% their fault. So, I won't put the blame on them, but it's just the way that our healthcare system is. Like I said, I mm. won't blame the providers. I will blame the system over everything. Sure. Our healthcare system's trash. Oh, yeah. Anybody can tell you that. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, like I said, I think all the healthcare workers are awesome. We work with a bunch of nurses. My wife mm-hmm. was a nurse. She's going to be a, a CRNA. So, they're doing great things. Uh, but I think it's just the situation that they're put in under the time constraints mm-hmm. and the lack of education in that area. Because if you have something that's a movement-based problem like low back pain, you're gonna need a movement-based solution.
1: It's not gonna just be rest. It's actually a really good point right there. Yeah. That's quite a line right there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's it's completely accurate
1: too. Absolutely. It, you know, it's like
0: that's what's interesting because the system doesn't encourage it in a lot of ways. Doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't allow for the MDs. Cause I'm sure those MDs would love to sit down and and help. Yeah. But When you have five to 15 minutes with somebody, and like you said, somebody might be dealing with a burst appendix instead, it's impossible for that time to be given to those people that needed the low back pain. Because again, like you said, there is certain things like burst appendix that, you know, hospital, you think of that, of course, low back pain is one of those things that is just might be chronic. And that is something you can bring into a chiropractic office in our case. Well, i
2: I Forget the statistic on it, but I think it was like seven percent or something of people see chiropractors. So it's pretty low still. That's it? It's it's pretty low. I, it might really? be it might be more than that. Don't quote me on that cool. one. But um I do know that low back pain is the leading cause of disability in the world. So mm. it's really important. It's so common that we need better treatment options for it. So chiropractors need to be the that first line of care for mm-hmm. low back pain because that's what we do. Not yeah. that we don't treat other stuff like shoulders, knees, wrists, elbows, ankles, everything, but. Jaws. Jaws, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But low back pain is number one. So yeah. if you have low back pain, see a chiropractor, preferably me. <laughs> <laughs> Subtle If you're plug, in the St. Louis area. Yeah.
0: Come see Health Source? Yeah.
2: Um <laughs> Yeah, like I said, I think just having that movement-based solution for those problems is what we need because obviously people don't move enough. Yeah. And then an example that I wanted to talk about of just the system not really caring about people, they're more so care about money like the healthcare system in general. So somebody I know was doing the like the weight loss clinic, which say what you will about that, but um it's better than going and getting stuff like bariatric surgery. So sure. Seeing great results and having the doctor there is kind of their point of accountability mm-hmm. and they weren't even taking the medicine anymore. They would just go for their checkup and be like, hey, you need to be getting this many steps a day. You need to be doing exercises at least four days a week. So changing their lifestyle and making them healthy wasn't making the hospital very much money because the pharmaceutical company gets all the money for like the Ozempic and Mongero, mm-hmm. not the hospital. The hospital yeah. just gets like the co-pays. Yeah. So these hospitals are actually closing down those weight loss departments because they were losing money on all the bariatric <laughs> surgeries. Hmm. Sweet. So if that lets you know the healthcare system's priority. Yeah. Where their thought processes yeah. are. Right. Hundred percent. Right. So that I heard that and it just like made me furious. Oh yeah. I was like, here are these people still taking medications, but some people obviously need that stuff, uh, but are actually trying to change their lifestyle, not just taking something. Yeah. They're like mm-hmm. actually exercising, actually doing these things. They're building the habits. Yeah. Now they don't have anywhere to go because right. all these programs are getting shut down and their only option now is gonna be let's go get this bariatric surgery
1: to lose yeah. weight. And not change my lifestyle exactly you know, i mean we've talked so much about that you get these surgeries and it sounds great but you're not changing the person mm-hmm. you're not changing the habits yeah. you're not changing the diet gonna go back to doing you're, the you're taking exactly. the ozempic the semaglutide yeah. and all of a sudden you know your appetite's lower,
0: so you're yeah. losing weight that way right but then what are you going to stay on it for life yeah and exactly eat, eat some i mean i was talking to some patients they were thinking they were hearing that people were eating a thousand calories and whatnot with it because so, that that nourishing also no, sounds no. miserable <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> it does. but it's just like their appetite's completely suppressed uh, no, you know I, and it's So yeah but then if they want to get off it that weight comes right back on because they take a day where they eat 2500 calories and they'd be eating a thousand it's like oh 2500 calories normal for me my appetite's back but they have no habits built in at all exactly man. and then but hey mr ozempic new drug right. you know it, yeah it's right. it's, it's, it's and a that's,
2: joke like we talked about that the place that they obviously prescribe Ozempic and stuff like that, but the doctor was actually giving lifestyle changes to this, which patient, is awesome. Which, which is that's amazing. why I was like, yeah, that's freaking awesome. So yeah, they were doing it the right way with using tools that they have, uh, and just the fact that they got shut down is just
0: infuriating.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, and it makes sense with everything going on in yeah. our country right yeah. now. Yeah. It's
0: it's 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 like it's like you said, like it. You you
1: can take you can see
0: stuff like that, and then you take a look at where their priorities are. That's that's the message I want to take away there from that, is you watch them take away a weight loss clinic, which was focused on changing their lifestyle and habits, and you see where the priorities are. It's profit. It's yep. not in the people. It's not caring yep. about people. Just a number. Yeah, yeah just a number. Just a wallet. And like you said, it's it's the system. We know p- plenty of amazing nurses, yeah. MDs, all of them. Yeah, the majority people.
2: of the providers really yep. care for their patients. They it's just- terrible. The system just but how, how handicapped does
0: it make them? You know, right. yeah. it basically right. chops them off the knees and then they can, uh, I can give you a pill, yeah, and that's it, that's right. what they know. So, the stuff. and then there's
1: some doctors that are just in it for that paycheck for prescribing there you that go. pill, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. for you sure. Mm-hmm. So. And there's that human nature, that
0: evil coming out, too, exactly. And that money comes into play as well. Yep. Um, I want to ask a couple, a couple of dumb, like dumb, dumb, yeah, yeah. in quotations, questions. <laughs> um, that I'm sure people have thought about one. Um, is there ever like too much adjustment? Can you can you adjust an area, you know, back to back to back days, for example, and it'd be too much?
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, there's some people that don't require adjustments in certain areas because they're hypermobile. So you don't mm. wanna put more emotion mm. in an area that already has plenty of motion. So we see this in some people that do like self adjustments, like you know, people like crack their neck all the time, constantly. I'm i I'm somewhat guilty of like it. This. So. Yeah. Be, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> dude. I'm, now, I'm going ham on my <laughs> so, finger, yeah. Uh what's happening when that happens is you feel that part of your body that's restricted. So you want to like get it moving by doing that self adjustment, but nobody really knows the technique that's normal. So they're just like sending their neck a certain way and whatever pops, pops. So this kid right here, here.
0: you would would think think he's breaking it whenever he's doing it. It's like, oh (laughs)
2: man. Oh, so whatever pops pops, but it's more than likely the segments above and below the actual restricted segment. So then they become hypermobile and then they also create pain and then Hmm. your muscles will tighten around there and get sore. So it's like people like, yeah, I I cracked my neck a few times and then now my neck's really sore. I'm like, yeah, stop doing (laughs) it. knuckles. though, I mean, you can
1: crack your knuckles as much as you want to. I think it's mostly habit for people. You know, that's the biggest thing. Oh, it hurts. So I mean... You know, yeah. I've never been able to crack my neck. So good. I guess yeah. that's a good thing. We yeah.
2: There was a girl that fractured her own neck doing that in Columbia. Oh, so somebody sent me, it was actually kind of, wait, funny. what? So somebody sent me this article. They were telling me about it. Like as I'm working on it, i just like, yeah, this girl just like kept adjusting her own neck. Cause I was talking to her cause she said her neck hurt from adjusting herself. Okay, So i obviously gave her that whole spiel. She's like, yeah, I just read this article about this girl at Mizzou that woke up in the morning, cracked her own neck, and it was stuck there. And she had to no walk, shot. walk to University Hospital, and they told her she fractured her vertebrae, so she had a neck brace on. Oh, my gosh. So oh. she, the patient later like, sends me the article on it, and I knew the girl. I used to train her <laughs> at the gym that I worked at in Columbia. I was like, what are the odds oh my of gosh. this happening? It was
0: not crazy. Stop cracking w- your neck, she, people. Yep. Was she okay? Yeah,
2: I mean she was fine. Okay. She was fractured a vertebrae and had to have it immobilized for it to heal up, but I bet she doesn't crack
0: her own neck anymore. Oh, yeah, probably yeah. not. Yeah. She yeah, probably a, thinks about it and she's like, Oh, no, never mind. The lesson One of those. you just gotta learn once there
1: for sure. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot so. of
2: people that come in and they're like, Don't don't adjust my neck. Like I've been told my doctor told me I'll have a stroke and all this crazy stuff. So Is that true? No. Oh so okay, okay. there's there's like definitely what? times that have happened that like people have had a stroke after an adjustment, but most of the time the stroke is already in progress yeah so mm. they'll feel neck pain because they have a blockage somewhere and they're like I'm yep. going to go to my chiropractor and that chiropractor didn't do a thorough assessment and figure out other signs of a stroke mm. so they sent it and caused it so yeah uh, but I mean open the dam their research is like less than one percent of an yeah. adjustment causing it. a lot of people like to think that you like put too much strain on the vertebral artery but it, mm. there's plenty of room for it to go through so hmm mm. You and should, you do it right, yeah. I mean, you have to <laughs> you have to do it right. Obviously there's, obviously, there's some Yahoo's out there waving sage over you, and they're going to send your neck in the next week. But don't go there. <laughs>
0: that's that's what I was going to ask you about. Like, how do you, how do you like how do we how do we even address the whole like everybody thinking of chiropractors are witch doctors and all that stuff? Yeah.
2: So, I mean, there's some out there that still are. It's that's that's the problem. True, like what
0: we talked about with chiropractic having such
2: a, bro, a broad scope of practice. Yeah. Is that's a good thing and a bad thing because there's mm. not like a standard that we're all held to mm. per se. So I mean, you could have somebody like us that's doing it the right way with a movement based approach, then you have somebody down the road that's using a clicker tool and they're gonna like hover their hands over you and <laughs> do some crazy shit. I'm
1: like expelliarmus. I mean, some of the <laughs> stuff that people
2: come in, they're like, yeah, this this person did this. I mean, I was like, what? It's like, why? They're like, I don't know. They said my spine was misaligned and I was like. All right. Well, don't ever go back there. We're gonna to explain to you what's really going on.
0: They cast a spell on me. That's yeah, weird. The, yeah. The, the, I, came, I, I, I came in. They popped my big toe, and they said I was good. Yeah. And I was off the it's door. It's just
2: it's crazy stuff, man. And and I mean, obviously, those people. Everybody wants to do good. I think sure, they want to sure. help those people, and that's just might be what they know. So, not to crap on them for that. Sure. But man, the the philosophical side of chiropractic is a little smoky. Yeah. Have you heard yeah. about like the first adjustment of how chiropractic was born? Uh Mm-mm. so there was a guy named Harvey Lillard that I think was a janitor and uh hurt his back and his hearing went out. So he laid down and BJ Palmer, the father of chiropractic, or DD Palmer, BJ Palmer, one of the two. I don't know. Uh laid him down on the table and just like pushed on his back where it hurt and it popped and then he got his hearing back. That's <laughs> that's the story. That's wild. Dude, there's some Yeah, what? If you want to look at the history of chiropractic, there's some crazy stuff. Cause then I think his son wound up killing him cause he wanted to take over chiropractic to like, Whoa. Make it a bit, it, dude, it is, it's a whole thing. It's nuts. <laughs> so that's part of the reason why people think that chiropractors are crazy. Like snake oil salesmen. Yeah. Because in the past they probably were, they, they were, probably like were covering yeah. magnets over people trying to do some crazy stuff. But now I think that people like us are doing a good job of spreading the word being like, Hey, I'm not just going to adjust your spine and think I'm going to cure cancer and send you out the door. Like Dude. we're going to get to the bottom of your movement yeah. dysfunction, talk about it. And then I'll give you some options of what I want to do to yeah. fix it. And then here's the process. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, yeah. and it's all Dude. backed by science.
0: Well, the thing is, is like, I, I've been on my end, I've been pretty blessed because I've only dealt with really good chiropractors, which don't know how it's possible, but it's, it's awesome that I have. Yeah. So, but it's also because I was educated and looked into like, okay, like, what do I see as useful chiropractors? What are, the, what are the ones that have the most success rate, that type of stuff, before I ever went to one? So I think that's a big point too. If you're looking into chiropractic care, to also yeah. do your like, research. Yeah, do your research, yeah. 100%. And, and again, like you're not going to learn how to be a chiropractor overnight or what, what they do and whatnot, but you can at least get an idea of what you should be seeing. Yeah. You know, And what can actually have long-lasting effects and help on that stuff. So I, I think that's important for the consumer and the patient. Um, to also be very educated in that realm, because if you just go in and just be like, I heard adjustments saved my life, and that's that's all you know, yeah, you're, the snake oil sal- salesman's going to sell you for everything. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: I right. mean, it's just like, if you're not going to go to a restaurant you never read any reviews about, go freaking do your research before right. you go to somebody that's going to be working with your body right. and your health. Right. It's the same thing. You don't just yeah. show up at the door and be like, "Oh, I was just hoping this place was going to be good." Yep. Yeah. So that's or, or you hear out. from
0: your friends like, "Oh, this yeah. restaurant's really good." Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, or this chiropractor is really good. Exactly. Right. And Referrals and it's like, okay, are okay. It
2: can be nice. The biggest thing. It's ever. The biggest thing. Hundred yeah. percent. And word of mouth, which is why we do so well. Right. Our patients are awesome and tell everybody.
1: Yes, well, they do. Word of mouth will make or rake the business mm-hmm. without a doubt. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and social media is a huge avenue for that as well. Definitely. You know. So it's kind of a fun avenue. Yeah.
0: I feel like all, all of us in this room treat social media actually how it should be treated. Oh, yeah. You know, we we curate our feeds, and we use it to literally connect with people. Yeah. Because that's the beauty about it. I was, I was telling some of the patients in the office, actually, this week, and I was like, that's what's awesome about social media, because you can just, you can actually network almost in a way with somebody that could be across the globe, for oh, all yeah. you know. Yeah. But there are some people that use it also for, you know just like booty shorts and stuff like that and what one yeah. on all the other stuff that we've talked about i'm and convinced that no matter
2: what you like and dislike on instagram when you open up that explore, explore page, page there's gonna be some cheeks on yes there. they, they <laughs> yes
0: it's just like bro like and that's not just, what i'm just putting it on there yeah they they know what they're doing a hundred percent they know and i'm i'm willing to bet if you go on a girl's phone it's not as common on there i guarantee you it's mainly on dudes phones I would be willing yeah, to bet yeah. money that's the case. Yeah. Uh, so, going um,
2: back to what you talked about about networking, that's like one of my favorite part of the jobs. Yeah. I love going to set up at the gyms, like meeting people. It's like, I don't know. I like it just as much as treating people. Honestly, I could tell. Just that. kind of building yeah. all the relationships with everybody and just meeting people. So. Yeah. Because like I said, growing up, I didn't, I didn't even leave Missouri until after I graduated high school. <laughs> I barely left my town until I went to college. So just, I like just meeting people and picking people's brains. Yeah. Like, what do you think about this? Bouncing ideas off people. Yeah, so do. that's like one of the best parts of the
0: job in my opinion. Absolutely. 100%. People are interesting. Yeah. They really are. Yeah. <laughs> interesting is one word for it. Good me, good, and bad, <laughs> <Yeah>. good <laughs> and bad ways. Good and bad ways for sure. Good, but good point,
1: good point. <laughs> but, there are some
0: ones that it's like, hmm I don't think you should have said that out loud, but whatever. Yeah, whatever. Right, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. right.
1: <laughs> Although we say things sometimes too. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And
0: why it's heard plenty from me that did I'm you okay. hear what like, Jacob what are you talking said? about?
1: It's yeah. like, <laughs> did I hire an idiot? Money Mitch chimed in there. Oh, Mitchell <laughs> finally gets on the mic to just chirp his own brother, of course. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, Wyatt, we appreciate you coming on, man. This, yeah. was a, this was a great conversation. I know I learned a lot. I mean, you get to learn from him every day, and that's pretty cool, and that's only going to make us better with, with our training and no whatnot doubt. as well and down the road. But we appreciate you coming out. Um, on the social media note, where can people find you? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Dr. Wyatt Mormon on Instagram. You can yep. Follow me on there. Any, any the doctors here like that. that? Uh, Dr.
2: Dot. Wyatt Mormon. Quiet cool. Mormon's yeah. just all one,
1: yeah. one word. Cool. And guys, we'll put his tag in the description on the YouTube video and on the Spotify now Apple Music um, Stay tuned for some pretty
2: sweet and... content, including yours truly over here in the near future. <laughs>
0: there we go. The resident only. There we go. <laughs> yeah, but thank you guys so much for having me. This has yours been awesome. Too, First
1: podcast I've ever been on, so it was a big experience. There and we thank go. You guys. That's awesome. Oh, yes. Appreciate that, you dude. coming out. Love that. Guys, as usual, please share the show. Okay, it is free to do that, and it helps us grow so much. That's how we continue to get great guests on like this guy here. So, guys, share it to your Instagram stories. Share it with your friends and families. Tell people about it. Go watch us on YouTube as well. Like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, you can leave your Q&A questions on the YouTube videos, on the Instagram posts as well, in the comments, or you can email them into us extricationfitness at gmail.com I know it's a mouthful there's a button in the Instagram bio you can just press it send them send them our way we give them to Money Mitch and then he will use them in our non-guest episode um, Q&A sessions or segments whatever you will say but uh, guys until next time peace and love thank you ladies and gentlemen